Good morning, Moon Clones, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a <laughs> podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Tonight, as part of Andrew's Andrew Moon's Kit and Mike, but Mike turns away just in time triple feature, we're discussing... <laughs> so do I. <laughs> no. We are discussing 2009's Moon, directed by Duncan Jones and starring Sam Rockwell. Not only did you not turn away in time, <laughs> but you saw, you're the one who saw my butthole. <laughs> There's horrible, <laughs> something horrible going on in there. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Ew. Um, Don't worry, Kit. You didn't. You made it out. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never be the same. No. I, I gazed long into the abyss. It's like um, sunrise. Why are you gazing long? Why wouldn't you turn away? That's so weird, Mike. That's that's, that's what you do with abysses. No, that's weirder than me showing you. <laughs> I don't know. Also, are, are so. <laughs> are you I feel ins- like you opened the door to this. <laughs> no, are you insist? <laughs> also, are you insisting that I'm so, like a gaper? I don't. I don't know what was going on. Is this like a goatsy was- sort of thing? It's like no. a gap in my memory now. It was like the ton- the tunnel like, in Willy Wonka. It's, a, it's also a gap. <laughs> yeah, it's also a gap between my butt cheeks. All right, thank you for joining us this evening, everybody. <laughs> okay, well, so, um, Andrew, thank you yes. so much for choosing this fine film. Is there anything you wanted to say to introduce it, or should we yes. launch into whether no, we've got, seen it or not? No, I've got, I've got, I mean, it is kind of that, but this mm-hmm. is just kind of like, I was thinking about, like, because um, Moonstruck is, like, uh, is, is, was obviously, like, an amazing movie, and then, um, and then Moonlight is, which was considered like one of the best movies of the last decade. Um, and moon kind of, I feel like had some popularity like when it came out, but it didn't make a ton of money. And, um, and at this point it's director is kind of like on a real downtrend. Um, Mm. so anyway, the main re the, the main reason I chose moon was because I needed a second movie for my moon triple. Um, but the other reason is because I recall this one being a really big deal when it came out, um, at least in my circles. Not like a huge like blockbuster, um, but it had really strong word of mouth and reviews were mostly good. Um, and uh, even though it only made ten million on a five million dollar budget, but um, I was in film school at the time, and I remember people in my cohort feeling like very enthusiastic about Moon, I, and I think it's because it felt kind of within their grasp as artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, you start in film school thinking you can push through into making a movie people actually want to see through sheer force of will. Um, one of the first books that they give us to read was the, uh, oh, God, what is it called? Rebel Without a Camera or something? The uh, Or Rebel With a Camera? It's the, the Robert Rodriguez book where he talks about making uh the El Mariachi for $7,000, which is 
also bullshit. Um, but it's just like, that's, that's kind of the mindset. Like a lot of film students go into film school thinking that they're going to make movies and then they leave film school realizing that they won't. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is sad, but also kind of good. Um, so anyway, I think, uh, I think moon is kind of what that fantasy looked like for a lot of people. Um, you know, it made, it's, it's made for way less money than it looks like it's made for. It has basically one actor on set. Um, and you know, most film students don't know a lot of actors. Um, they built the set and used models, uh, designed by Paul Pearson, who did Alien and Outland, uh, which is mm -hmm. cool. Oh, um, cool. yep. And mm. once you realize, once you hear that, it's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and, Outland uh, especially. Oh, for sure. The whole like blue collar. Yeah. Th yeah. Yeah. All that whole, yeah. um, but like, uh, they were just, uh, you know, augmented with like a little bit of CG in a pretty minor and cheap way. And it still taps into kind of like the high concepts, you know, ideas, uh, that lots of people love and actually want to see. Um, and, uh, and also I feel like moon is so specific to when it was made. Um, you know, the way it looks feels so much to me. Like it was made with like the tools that were sort of just making their way into the hands of film students at the time, um, like the particle effects and the digital lens flares, and um, even the way they did the sort of like uh, shifting perspective titles during the credits, um, like it all feels kind of like stuff we were able to do in Adobe After Effects for the first time, like around then. Um, and then um, I've got stuff about the actual movie. Do you want me to kind of pause here or keep going? Or does anybody sure. else want to jump yeah. in? Okay. Yeah, let's... Uh, well, so Kit, had you seen it before? No. Okay. Because I saw this with Andrew when it you came did? out. Yes. I'm oh pretty sure gosh. you were there. Because I, I would have been in Portland at the time. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because I, what I remember most about Moon is that you were very excited about it. So mm -hmm. I think you were like you were saying like your film film school buddies were into it. Um, but yeah, I remember and I probably for that exact reason, just that it was like, uh, you know, in the late 90s, probably Blair Witch would have been the thing like it's like, oh, like they made this movie or, or Clerks is a good example. Mm -hmm. People always like Kevin Smith maxed out like a handful of credit cards to make that and then became a filmmaker. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think probably for like the late O's, this would have been I mean, I don't remember. I think Paranormal Activity came out around the same time, but that, yeah, this came, probably I think it came been... out. I think it came out like two years earlier. I want to say. Okay. But yes, yeah. say around around the same time. So yeah, this isn't yeah. quite this isn't quite that, because you know, no. you know, in those cases, those were filmmakers who you know didn't have. I don't think uh, I don't know their personal histories, but like didn't have this like the type of privilege that I assume Duncan Jones had being um, uh, David Bowie's son, but. I mm -hmm. do think, not to say that I think that he didn't like work hard or or deserve to make Moon. Um, I just mean it's like it's 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 a there's, there's a difference between those guys making found footage horror movies out of the necessity to make you know because that's the only thing they can afford to make and uh, right. like literally and uh, and then this this you know this movie had five million dollars which is you know more money than most of most people will see in their lifetime. But yeah. uh, I still think that it is something to be appreciated when somebody can make a movie that at least looks this good uh, for this amount of money. Oh, for sure. But yeah, so that's mostly my memory. I, I think we went and saw, I don't remember what theater specifically, but that you were pretty excited about this. And mm -hmm. we've talked about it a handful of times since then. 
I definitely um, remember it being like a thing that everyone was talking about, or at least everyone I knew was talking about, like mm-hmm. how cheap it was and how good it looked for how cheap it was. And um, it is, I, re- I also really liked source code. Um, I love source code. I think source code is better than this. Um, but really, uh, I do. I think, I think source I code. I think that the, I, uh, that's a good source code is more ambitious in the sense that it is a much bigger movie. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think this is a more kind of like tightly contained film, maybe for sure. Than for sure, code. but they're but both. Also, but yeah. they're also both pretty. They are still both pretty tightly contained, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're all on a train, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? No, I'm just saying that like source code is is basically a bottle movie, and this is basically a bottle movie. Like, okay. there's very little that happens outside of the metra. Um, right. Right. Um, okay. And it's also, I mean, I also loved Source Code because it's in Chicago, and I used to take that train to see Lee. and The the one um, that blows up about a dozen times in the movie? Yeah. It, That's yeah. super cool. That's and it so did cool. freak me out. It it blew up, and the place where it blows up is right by basically the most iconic landmark of that train trip. That weird, like, brick building that's right by the freeway. That's great. Um, but you, I think it's like a technical school or something, or a, possibly a closed technical school. But... Um, yeah, it's a bummer. I guess video game movies come for everyone. Yeah. Is that what happened to him? Is he, yeah, Warcraft? he made Warcraft and then his career's over. Okay. Mm-hmm. He made Warcraft and then he made um, a movie called Mute for Netflix that there's was like a two sequels to Moon that... and Mute is one of them. There's two yeah. sequels? Mute so, is a Moon sequel and then he has another Moon sequel coming out this year supposedly. It's a, oh, okay. Well, a okay. little bit on that. So, I cuz I I looked into this uh, cuz I don't remember I've seen Mute and I was like, how the fuck is this a Mute uh, a Moon sequel? It's 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 the Tarantino verse bullshit. It's uh or the Stephen King universe bullshit. Like it's all all these things are set in a in the same place but have nothing to do with each other. So, in okay. uh in 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 mute, um, and this might actually be the best part of mute is there's a scene where Alexander Skarsgård Skarsgård's character is watching news at at, uh, at a bar, and it briefly shows Sam Bell in a courtroom, uh, like in a trial with him versus his employers, um, hmm. and then there's a and then the the third the second sequel to sequel in quotes to to Moon that's coming out this year is actually a graphic novel. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And not and again, not focused on moon. It's just like moon is like the things that happen in moon are in the background of whatever's right. going on in these movies or graphic novels. Huh. The cinematic mooniverse. It's literally that's literally what he calls it, the mooniverse. <laughs> really? Yes. It's that the makes it this I mean that makes me like the movie less. Why would he do that? Uh, you would do it for people who can't just let it go. Um, but also these are very, these are very fleeting Easter eggs. Like they're, um, like, as I said, like I've seen mute and I could not. Mute is known as moon two in some countries. That is horseshit. It is, it is, (laughs) it has, it has nothing to do with moon in any way. It is. Was, was moon big internationally? No. It was big nowhere. Oh, okay. I think it made like ten million dollars. So like, total. 
That's fine. Yeah. yeah. It made for t- a five million dollar movie. Well, I guess like, uh, you have marketing costs. Okay. No, I know it's 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 like yeah, they doubled they doubled I guess, but like you've got all the marketing. But I think this movie right. also relied a ton on word of mouth. But I I yeah. thought I thought it made way more money than I could be wrong. Um, it won a lot of uh, awards, and it was like nominated for a BAFTA for best British film, which is a pretty big deal. I think as as far as the actual movie goes, I felt like there was some space at the beginning where the pace sort of felt kind of iffy to me. Like, or maybe it just, I don't know. On the one hand, I felt like, is this, is this, and this is like a quibble too, a minor quibble, I think, because it's like, is this dragging? Is it not dragging? I don't know. Um, but I felt like there was a, 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 a good burst of energy as, as soon as the younger clone arrives. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I know it's only a 90 minute movie. So, um, but I think maybe there's a better 85 minute movie in there. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's like, that's so, I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I do really, really like this movie. So I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find things wrong with it, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, like, I, th- I think it's a good movie, but like kind of on that note, I felt like, so, and I had seen it before, but I really, I didn't think that I remembered it that well, mm-hmm. but I pretty regularly felt like I was ahead of whatever the next twist was. You are. So like, you are. I think it, that's I, I was getting a little frustrated with how slow things were moving when it was like, okay, I, I know that, I don't know, whatever is going to happen. Can I ask a clarifying so, question? Yes. Yeah. So, you say the young, when the younger clone arrives, mm-hmm. but isn't the younger clone the clone we start the movie with? Yeah. Right. Okay. That's Wait a what minute. I wanted what? to know. Hold up. Well, they switch. N- so no. we start off with the we start off with wait no sorry okay we start off with the clone who ends up basically disintegrating, he's all sick and everything. No, no. I think that's wrong. There's oh, no that's there's... the clone he rescues. Right, but that's the movie. Oh whoa whoa. So he but he was the original clone, and he crashes in the little rover. Yes, and then and then and then he wakes up, and we think that right. that's that's still the original guy. But then we find out that that's a new guy because he goes and that's finds the younger clone. Yes, he goes and finds that's the, the guy. Dude. He, that's the guy he found. Yes, but the movie kind of switches to that one's perspective a little bit. Wait, yes. so the clone? That's why he's older and disin- and dying faster. Sooner. The one, the one that disintegrates, is the one we. Is not the one we start the movie. I it's thought- the one. No, it's the one he rescues. Remember, he cut his they. He cut his hair and like sh- like, yeah, shaved and everything. Yeah, I believe that the basically better looking clone is the guy we started with. No, 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 no. What? No, no. <sighs> We're getting all confused. No, up. No, okay. So the movie starts. So the guy. The movie starts with the. Uh, the one who's like all bloody and pale the whole movie. That's who we start with. Then he okay. goes out in his little moon rover and he crashes it. And right. then the movie cuts and uh, to Sam Rockwell waking up. And we think it's the it's the guy we've been following. No, it's right. not. It's a new clone. Uh, and then that new clone gets suspicious because uh, they're I keeping see. him. That's tra- what I'm saying. I'm just getting confused and saying it. But that is what I. Mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But okay. there's that. It that at first that at first you think like, oh, the guy he rescued is like the second weird clone, <laughs> or that he this is a figment of his ima- imagination. It basically right. that the order of the clones is like deliberately somewhat 
Yes. Unclear or confusing. Yes. And I, yeah, okay. I do think, I, I, yes. think, I think the movie, I think it is, I think the movie is kind of intentionally, uh, I, I, I don't think the movie is trying to conceal itself. No, right? like, I you, don't you, think so either. You, like you, you talk about being frustrated about being ahead of the movie. I think that the audience kind of always knows what's going on, but then there are moments of like genuine, like unnerving confusion. Uh, and I think that that all kind of lies with Gertie. Like I had a, I had a hard time tracking whether Gertie was allegiant to Sam or Lunar Industries. But then I think what it probably was is that, that that's sort of Gertie's programming was sort of at odds with itself because there were two Sams. And maybe that's headcanon or whatever, but I feel that the movie wants me to understand this. I, I feel it. Uh, mm. But doesn't want to say it because it's kind of scary and adds tension. Um, and they even like have like... A, well, it your even expectation feels, is yes. that Gertie is going to be bad because he's Hal, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, I think there's a scene somewhere on the cutting room floor that's like uh, explaining this, and they were just like, "Oh, we don't actually need this because it makes the movie but better." I, I think, yeah, I think so too, and I also think, like, the stronger influence for this film than to like basically 2001 is what most filmmakers are going to be going into this thinking about. But silent mm -hmm. running is actually what is influencing <laughs> the movie mm -hmm. more so, I think. Mm -hmm. And in that, like, the robots are all very nice <laughs> um, and lovable and nicer than the people in a certain way. And so I think... And also, there's also the weird thing of just even having the choice to make Kevin Spacey voice that robot... Mm -hmm. What that feels like now versus what it <laughs> oh, for sure. felt like then, like changes the way that I think you think of that character. Although, like I think he he was great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like yeah. he was he was a really cool choice. And I mean, with a name like Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, Although you might you say know, it's out of this world. Even <laughs> even at the time, he I mean, he played a lot of characters that were. Creepy. So, like, yes. you could still, yes, back definitely. in 2009, have read that into, like, oh, Kevin Spacey, it's going to be spooky. Um, but that's interesting. I've actually never seen Silent Running. I would really, I I'd like to. It's like kind of it. been on my list for a while. I think even, um, like, in that movie, like, Bruce Dern is, like, limping around for part of it. Like, um, and it's also kind of, like, working people, like, being betrayed by the organizations that sent them. I mean, it's definitely mm -hmm. very, um, there's a lot of similarity. Yeah. I, I like, uh, on that, I like that this movie doesn't really labor over, um, you know, the, the issue with, uh, like corporate greed or, or any of that stuff. Like it, it's all kind of, it's all kind of inherently in there and the movie doesn't feel the need to spell it out. And I also really like that there isn't, um, I don't know, some sort of like, discussion about whether Sam should just accept his fate or whatever for the good of, you know, the good of the, the humankind or whatever, you know, just because it's all about, you know, providing energy or, because mm -hmm. um, it, it is interesting to me because it's like, oh, here is a post, it's like a, their energy source, like post fossil fuels or whatever. Um, so there's like some sort of like positive intent behind that, but then it's sort of like um, corrupted, I guess, by this, this company uh, who's, yeah. you know, but I mean, farming uh, humans to, like, run their operation for And cheap. at the same time, it's like the moon is also a finite resource, presumably. 
Like, I, dis- I even, disagree. Even, even more so than the Earth. <laughs> I disagree. Like, you can no, nothing's you can, growing yeah. or changing on the moon. <laughs> I guess maybe they would just have to go on to like one of the moons of Jupiter or Saturn what? or something. I don't know. To, uh, to, don't know. to quote Tim Robbins in uh, Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me, would you miss it? Would you? <laughs> no. Good good quote to pull right now. That's a good one. I think it was I think it was really, really sad and the movie? Yeah. For and, sure. Very sad. And like the whole the idea of like should he sacrifice himself for this, but it's like he didn't even get to make a choice about whether he was going there. You know what image will never leave my brain is mm. like the clone garbage disposal. That like really short shot of them like shredding in that little casket oh yeah. they're incinerating the way you that's, right okay that's <sighs> shredding is much more horrific to me than yeah. like instantly vaporized like though it looks like i agree with you now that you've said it and now like that it's it, a yeah. <laughs> yeah that's horrible it's it, is, it is very, yeah i do i do agree that it's sad i do love uh I do feel like the ending is so like triumphant, though, that it it makes it 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 makes it feel like not such do? a dumb. He's gonna go back to Earth and he's gonna sue those fuckers and get a bunch of money and just like. But clones be don't neat. have any rights. And well, um, yeah, he's, he's only gonna live for three years. I would. He's gonna die. Clones yeah. don't. I yeah. assume clones aren't treated like human beings, and, and he three- can't go be with his daughter because she already has a fucking dad. Right. Don't worry about it. For three years, that dude's gonna be knee deep in pussy. <laughs> I'm sure you watch. I'm sure you watched Mute. I did. What's going on there? <laughs> He's in. Okay, in Mute, in the in the six second uh, clip that uh, has to do with Mute, or that is in Mute that has to do with Moon. Uh, he is in a courtroom, and he's taking Lunar Industries, uh, taking them down. Okay, but he does. He does get it when he gets in the in the pod, the escape pod in Moon. He takes with him one of those canisters of the energy source, helium three, presumably for proof and maybe for money. Like maybe he's gonna sell it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's gonna buy a yacht and sail around the world. And maybe he's gonna live more in three years than the rest of us do in ninety. <laughs> maybe they live longer in Earth's atmosphere than they do in the moon atmosphere. Although they're you know not really what? in the atmosphere. You know what? I Could think be. that's a I think that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> I hope so. I sure hope so. Um, um one one thing. I was reminded so we've talked about two thousand one and silent running. Mm-hmm. Um I was reminded of multiplicity at certain points. Uh, totally. Oh yes, at of, certain points, definitely. Yeah. Of like the filmmaking, <laughs> just because like like when he's playing ping pong, um mm-hmm. I don't know. I almost, I mean, I guess they had the advantage. Well, multiplicity probably had digital effects of some kind, but I truly I don't assume, know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I assume they had less of that, but uh, I don't know. They did really did a good, like it was very seamless. There wasn't, I don't remember any, any specific thing where I was like uh, able to just totally see through it. And so like, I don't, I don't even fully know the ping pong scene, how they did that because to sync up his motions would have been pretty tricky and then I saw, I think I like I looked it up and it looked like at least in one of the scenes where he's fighting himself, he's got himself in a headlock. They had a stunt double in a mm-hmm. green mask that they could they could uh, digitally impose his Sam Rockwell's face on. And I don't know. It was cool. It was uh, 
I like that. Yeah. It was cool. I think it. I think they. I think the construction of it. I. I think I could see the construction of it at. Um, at a couple of points, um, mm-hmm. more in like, I think it more felt. I more felt it in like the delivery of some lines paired with the delivery of some other lines, like it felt, like, lines from two different takes that were being put together, okay. uh, rather than like, some like the way I would actually respond to somebody saying something to me it wasn't yeah it wasn't super jarring or anything it just it just i just noticed it at certain points but then there's other points where it felt super super fluid i think the um the ping pong scene is a really great example and then i love the scene (laughs) one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie uh is where he the sam number two is telling sam number one about his uh his plan to like escape and uh, I I laughed so much hard at, so I laughed so hard at this scene because um, like Sam is he's getting into the capsule and like he's he's asking the other Sam like what does he do if he has to poop uh, and it felt so ad libbed which of course it wouldn't have been uh, and so Sam Rockwell I don't know it's just like it's like like this nice little moment of levity uh, but then also like he's like cramming into this horrible space and the younger Sam is, says something like um, uh, are you comfortable. And, mm-hmm. and then the other guy is just like angrily just like no yeah <laughs> just the way anyway um i just i thought that i thought that moment was like charming and felt very 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 seamless to me uh and probably actually that was probably a pretty easy scene to stitch together if i think about it um but uh yeah that's just a scene i really liked between the two of them oh well yeah sorry this is this is all kind of out of order that's okay. But one other note I had was um, he, so he's woken up the the new the newer clone, mm-hmm. and he has this memory of I guess crashing in the vehicle or something. I don't remember, but he wants to go outside, um, but the uh, Gertie won't let him. So he just like goes and he like unscrews a panel and just like pops a tube <laughs> and just starts like squirting oxygen everywhere. Yeah. Um, I thought that was weird. Like it was like that was. I don't know the best thing that they could have thought of to to get him out. And like, like Gertie wouldn't have said like, well, I'm still not going to let you go outside because you just sabotaged the ship. Yeah. It is definitely unclear. Like Gertie basically is just Gertie knows that he's just like, okay, if you want to go outside, right? Like Gertie's Gertie's not convinced that that's what happened. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I mean, he couldn't have been because he, well, I he's not like, like an all-seeing Gertie. Like he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's aware of everything that happens on the ship. Like, how but he knows he's lying. He's. Yeah, I mean, he would have to. I would. I would think. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. that. I think it's like that. In that's like in so so many movies. Like that's a thing in movies where somebody does something and the main character tells a lie, and then like the villain or whoever. And I think in this case, we're still not sure about Gertie. Um, yeah. And then the villain like it seems like, okay, yeah, I believe you, but like, you don't, you, the audience isn't sure whether they believe them. But does a, then, what does a robot believe? Like, doesn't a robot just execute his protocol? See, I <laughs> like, have no idea if Gertie is sentient. That's, I think that's maybe one, one source I think of confusion here. You said something that I had not, I had not thought of it in this way, but you mentioned that there being mm-hmm. two, uh, Sam's sort of yeah. splits his directive, I which that's so. a really interesting thing. Like when you think about like AI that like, you know, you have, I don't know, you mm-hmm. know, the 
the Asimov, like the primary directive thing or whatever. And so, yeah, like that would cause him to be of two minds in a way. And so maybe thinking in a way that a ro- we wouldn't expect a, a robot to or an artificially intelligent robot to. Even think. if even if because at that point, there's only one guy. Right. But mm-hmm. if it's uh, sort of. Yeah. Well, he knows that the other one's out there. Like Gertie at least knows if- that. Even if, like, the clone, like, I would assume that Sam Rockwell in that moment is behaving in an abnormal way. And even, and that alone could, like, basically, if you say, we have these clones, we can anticipate how they're going to act, we're going to introduce this robot to take care of them, um, and their job will be to keep the clone healthy, but, like, the clone is not, does not experience, like, the full range of human behavioral potential. But then when he does break with protocol, then, like, yeah, maybe taking care of him when he's that desperate to go outside the ship means like, okay, this is overriding whatever I'm supposed to be doing or whatever the company is told me to do. Yeah. Do you remember what reason he gives? Like, so the clone, the new clone wakes up and like, he pretty much immediately wants to go outside. Does he still have that like kind of like spiritual memory of being in the Rover craft? See, here's the thing. Okay. Three things actually. One, I think that that, I think they, they, they open that scene of him waking up referring to some sort of crash. I think that that crash is a different crash. I don't think they're referring to the rover. Right. I think, it's supposed to be the crash. Like I think it's, I think it's his, on, I, yeah, when I, they arrived. It, right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, then so why I, does he want to go outside? What, what brings him to the rover? It's his job. I think it's, I think it's, it is, it, it is in Sam's directive that he is supposed to start doing his job and he, well, but he and has he, to, and, well, hang on. But he he yes. walk he gets he gets up out of his hospital bed and he turns a corner and he hears he hears Gertie and the company talking to each other in a back and forth conversation, which okay. is not which is not supposed to be happening. That's not supposed to be possible. And he's what he's hearing. And then Gertie is telling him he can't go outside. OK, so that's what that's what makes him sabotage the ship. And then because I out. assume because Gertie because Gertie lied the, to him. Right. Most of the clones when they wake up are like in a, are ready to go. Right. Yeah. Or almost. They're not good, but he's like fucked up. So he yeah. can't go do his thing. And obviously, presumably what Gertie was talking to the guys about was. And that's the other thing. What was Gertie talking to them about? I bet he was ordering that other ship of people to come clean up the old clone so that the new clone wouldn't find it. So that's- here's the th- here's the thing. I'm not sure. I'm not totally sure. Um, because it said, like Gertie says, I can only account for what happens right. on the base. So I don't know if Gertie actually knows that the other Sam is out there, uh, okay. or that, or that he's alive, I should say. Um, maybe it's just like, oh, he went missing and this is where he went missing. But like, I don't know that Gertie can actually see inside the vehicle. The other thing right. is that Gertie says, I am, I like how we're spending this entire episode just like try- parsing through the <laughs> events of the movie. But, uh, yeah. um, then the second thing is that Gertie says over and over again, my job is my like prime directive is to protect Sam Bell. And I, I think I, be, I believe that. I think mm-hmm. that is why, I think that is the thing that we have to hang our hat on in order to understand Gertie is that okay. yes, Gertie works for the company, but Gertie's prime directive is to protect Sam Bell. And in this case, there's two Sam Bells and that's fucking everything up. Right? So maybe yeah. part of, maybe part of protecting Sam Bell is, Sam Bell not knowing that there are a thousand other Sam Bells in the basement. Yeah. Right. He know. must be, te- Gertie must be telling them 
that the clone that the clone that the new Sam finds is gone because that's basically right after the newest clone. That's when the newest clone wakes up is that moment. So Gertie must be saying like, he's about to wake up or I have, you know, instigated a new clone to replace the guy. Yeah. That we lost due, presumably due to an accident. And the company guys, like they're just complaining about like the disruption in service or whatever, like the disruption in deliveries. Well, the, and the, yeah. the other thing that they that I think they do that is very that we were talking earlier about how it's disorienting, but it doesn't feel like it's setting up a mystery or necessarily trying to confuse the audience it's like to me it's like we're just experiencing the we're experiencing from the reality of the clone like that's why things are confusing is because like the vision the version of events that we're seeing is the one that he's seeing and he like remember he sees like that hallucin the hallucinations like even before Mm -hmm. he's in yeah crash yeah and presumably that like at the time you're like you kind of just think, oh, this guy's going crazy from being alone on the ship for so long. But I guess it's probably because his brain is disintegrating. Yeah. Um, and it's probably what causes him to. It is what causes him to crash. Um, but I think that's a very interesting setup because that makes you like the fact that we've seen him just have a couple of hallucinations means that when the younger clone is walking around in his hospital room. <laughs> We don't know like what <laughs> like what that is, what's going yeah. on. And then he even asks Gertie, like, is someone else here? And Gertie just says, go to sleep or something. Like <laughs> it's it's a well set up movie, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, so you're too. always curious to see where it's going. So the girl he sees though is his daughter, right? See, I don't like, know. Like in his hallucination. I think I it, thought I, that that I, was all who it had to be. Okay. Yeah. So see, and that's what I, th- another thing I thought was interesting was like, it it's, it's like, they're all, they all seem to share some sort of like genetic or uh, yeah. spiritual memory. Yes. Um, but yeah, but so for the longest time in the movie, not for the, well, not initially, cause you don't quite know what's going on, but it probably about halfway to two thirds of the way in, I wasn't really sure like how to feel like, um, I didn't know what I wanted for the characters. Like I, I had an idea of what they wanted, but it was kind of shifting a lot as the story shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't really sure like which, like, do I want the clones to get back? Do I, you know, we want to, I don't know. You kind of want to get the company. But then it was like um, that they have, they all had this sort of weird link. I don't, I don't know. I'm not actually sure what I'm saying, but. Uh, no, I think they do. I mean, that's the, the only way he could know what, his daughter looked like as if it's either to the original Sam or maybe other clones. I mean, presumably they are somehow being harvested from, they could be being harvested from one another, right? Like, I don't know if they're being harvested, (laughs) if there's an original Sam Bell sample that they're all created from, or if there's kind of a, now at this point there's so many of them that they're just using other clones to propagate other clones. Right. Um it's the original and I wonder Sam's if, comrade. Well, and, yeah, and I I wonder if What she said. To me the vision is his comrade. Uh 
Oh. <laughs> to me, the vision of the daughter almost implies that other clones have gone on this exact same path. Mm-hmm. That have also called and figured out um, what's going on. Like, I don't necessarily think right. he's the first guy to have done this, although he's the first guy to have escaped, presumably, because it's going to be disastrous for the company right. if they figure it out. Um, well, so there there couldn't have been that many iterations, at least in this one base, though, because she's only she was three at the time that he would have been going home. Yeah. And then she's only like 15, I think, at the time when he actually he talks to her on the phone. But, but they don't, he doesn't make it to three years the first, like, necessarily. I mean, I guess he does. True. Well, but it, but even if they're going through at a rate of one per year, that's, I, I was thinking that, like, we must be on, like, the 100th, and maybe, like, his daughter would have been dead by now already, and, like, it was going to be way far in the future mm-hmm. or something. So I can, I can tell you how many iterations there are. Okay. This is the other detail that I got from Mute, and it's going to, it's <laughs> not going to make it make any more sense to you. Um, okay. In Mute. His character's name is 156. Okay, what? but there, if there's other bases, because there's a whole long tunnel when they finally get underground. Ah. So if there's other bases, then they would be regenerating as well. Okay, okay. And whether it's from the original clone or whether they're they're cloning the clones at that point. So that I could see that. He could be 157, but just at that specific base, he would have, because only so many, only so it's 15 like Tom, years or whatever. It's like, uh, it's like Tom Cruise in Oblivion. Yeah, I don't remember that movie that well. Oh I man, we should, watch, we should watch that one. I don't, um, I don't so, know oh, if it's it. if this is like, I mean, I don't know what this future is, but it just seems like that sounds extraordinarily expensive. It does. When <laughs> I feel like right now you could probably pay someone less than the cost of a human clone to go on a three year contract to moon mine. Yeah. Well, yeah, the economy's in a tank. Unemployment's <laughs> skyrocketing. People are people would kill for moon jobs. <laughs> for a moon job, you know all this conversation. The the thing that makes that that is it's sort of telling me is that um, oh shit, sorry, hang on, my phone's ringing. Why did they think that giving him a wife and a kid was a good idea? Yeah, because that gives I, him. What are you talking about? That gives him something to live for. That gives well, him but drive. Also, but he's gonna die. Him. So give him something to die for. If you like in. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't... Well, he doesn't ever know... He doesn't generally doesn't know he's... Like, the, the all the Sams before this didn't know they were going to die. I know, yeah. but I'm saying, like, they don't need him to want to live. Like, they don't... I mean, I just... It's just... Three years is certainly a long time, and certainly a very long time to be away from your wife and child. But it's like... They could have cloned Lee, for instance, and he would have been fine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's you know, like, it I seems think, like a wife and child could just as easily be a liability for your moon moon mining clone. Yeah. I just and feel like. Indeed, they really were in this instance. <laughs> I think Lee is, a, Lee is an out. I mean, I feel like for most people like me, you know, like when Dennis is gone for like six or seven hours or whatever, like I find myself mm-hmm. just like walking into empty rooms and passing <laughs> time. So I feel like like there's no that doesn't i just don't think it makes i don't i think it speaks much more to the humanity of the character if he is pining for it's uh, good for the movie it's certainly okay. great for All the right. movie Here, okay good. here's another thing though 
Bad also, mining, moon mining business, though. Yes. It helps yes. To, no, that's okay. It, it helps to turn the audience a little more against the corporation because they basically have set up this clone with these oh, high expectations absolutely. only to just burn them in a box. Absolutely. So, yeah. F- Film-wise, <laughs> film it makes for a much more tragic story. I'm yeah, just talking about definitely. moon mining business practices. Right. Why <laughs> would you want your clones to have more humanity? How does that suit your purposes? So here's the takeaway here for me is that we have got to get in the moon mining business, guys. <laughs> we got to get prob- in. We're probably too late, honestly. I feel like Elon Musk has beat us yeah. to lunch. His, rock- his, Elon- his rockets work now, so we're 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 yeah. done. Do you also, think he'll be the first on the moon, moon baron? To mine. <laughs> what? You think Elon Musk will be the first moon baron? I could see it. There's nothing. If anybody's to, going to do it, it's going to be him. It's yeah. just a rock. There's nothing on the moon to. <laughs> okay, have you ever rocks. been inside the moon? Until you've been inside the moon to prove that it's not made of cheese, I don't believe you. <laughs> what are we going to do with all that cheese? You've cheese? Ever tasted. We have cheese. We don't have moon cheese. Yeah. <laughs> what is she not getting, Mark? I don't know. It's <laughs> <This is> bizarre. <laughs> so I think um, you would eat what, moon cheese if they brought you some I mean, moon I can't, cheese. Yes, I, I can't would eat cheese. Yeah, I, well, yeah, Mike can't. But I'll oh, eat his. Oh, Mike, question. maybe you can't have lunar cheese. There's no cow. <laughs> it's not. It must be lactose free. There you go. And wow. you think of what the population is going to be like whenever this movie takes place. That percentage of the population that's lactose intolerant, they're going to be dying for moon Although, cheese. It's going to be gold. They already have. I mean, goat cheese is lactose free and you don't eat that. It's not from the moon, though. <laughs> I, Women I just don't, don't understand. I, I know, man. This is, <laughs> this is messed up. Uh, so I would say one so, thing uh, that uh, that I, I'm pulling from this conversation is that... Um, is that this movie has actually like a really good balance of like uh, of like having lore in it that's mm-hmm. interesting and that you can mm-hmm. kind of parse through, but it is like not at all uh, used to like bog down the plot at all, and I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, that's yeah, kind I of agree. that's that's kind of one of the best the best outcomes for like a, a sort of a movie like this, which sort of exists in the sort of space between a uh, a sci-fi movie and a like a hard sci-fi movie or something. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's why I liked it. Like, although it doesn't sound like it, I did understand the movie. <laughs> like, I don't like, it's, I don't know how to say this. I don't enjoy 2001 for the most part. Um, because I don't understand it. I don't understand enough of it. Hmm. Um, and it's so long. Um, and it just has like the scent of math about it. Um, <laughs> and, but this is like, this was a very actually like simple story that like you say, still had like, you you got a kind of picture of the world beyond the moon, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like what things are like yeah. a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was also, I think I like, I like sci-fi that uses, you know, the future or space or whatever it may be to teach us some, show us something about ourselves. And it was interesting how like grounded this future feels like, who knows, this could be happening in our lifetimes, (laughs) like cloning could become 
a much bigger issue needing to go to, you know, much farther than the moon to sustain life on Earth could be something that happens in our lifetimes. And like the kinds of ethical quandaries Mm -hmm. that's going to introduce like the most inhuman people in the film are the humans that we see on the screen. And then the robot and Mm -hmm. (laughs) the clones are way more, um, I don't know, compassionate and loving and uh, ethical than fucking assholes who created them it's just like yeah. such a bummer such a sad it's so, it was so sad but i did you, like it i think my mom might like it too i'm i am actually she likes a really sad movie i'm really happy that you liked this uh because i really wasn't sure that you would um but i would also I mean, it's say not fun but it's great no. it is it actually it is fun it is fun how it looks for yes. such for so little money is very fun i love i i cannot say enough about the miniatures in this movie like yeah, um, it's really in, really cool. In some ways, I think that the things that they do to make the miniatures feel like they're, you know, large and on the moon actually take away like all the like little particles and and lens flares and stuff. Because like the uh, the actual like miniatures themselves to me they reminded me of like um, Mike. You'll you'll remember because you uh, are a living archive of the '90s. But do you remember like uh, like old like RC car commercials? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just like where they're like just, slipping all over the place. Yeah, and like, but like yeah. just like driving down dirt roads or whatever, yeah. like a like like a Dodge commercial or something. Yeah, it just reminds it reminded me so much of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's so it's and I love like I love just the edits between uh, you know the the esta- you know establishing the moon and the little moon car driving around and then inside is like oh there's a full grown man but like i know that's mm-hmm. i know that's a toy and the thing is is like um that feels so intentional to me because it's like you can make miniatures look totally 100% real mm-hmm. and i think you could at that time for the amount oh, of yeah. money that they it made this movie it, for it doesn't look as real as 2001 and it's like exactly. 40 years later. But I think it's on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, but that, that's a cool, that's a very cool choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it does. I don't know what it, I don't know what it, what it means for the story itself. Like, I don't, I got nothing on that. Um, but it yeah. just seems, it just, it's just a nice aesthetic choice. That's very yeah. peculiar. Kind of gives the movie a feel. Mm-hmm. Some texture. Um, well, and that movie—it's always gonna look good. That's the thing too. It's ne- that movie is never gonna look bad. Just like two thousand one is never gonna look bad. Yeah. Sure. Meanwhile, Armageddon looks bad. Does it? Mm, I don't yes. know. Oh my god! I haven't watched Armageddon in a while. Compared to this, I—I I haven't seen it. I probably haven't seen it since the nineties, honestly. Whatever. Forgot I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm trying to think of a movie that has. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of a movie that has spaceships that don't look very good because of CGI. But I'm. I mean, the Firefly. Firefly looks worse Uh, now. A movie with bad spaceships. No, well, that's 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 like not even fair. I know you're right. It's not fair, and they look pretty good for TV. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, the CG in the CG in Firefly looks great considering it's 2002 yeah. on Fox. What's a good example? You know, another movie that's kind of reminded me of, and I can't. I'm, I'll bring this up as a subject, but I I almost have nothing to say because I barely remember the movie. Uh, but it was a low budget, um, sort of a mind bending sci fi kind of thing from the two mm-hmm. thousands. Call it Primer. Uh, yeah, have yeah. you seen that, Andrew? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It kind of reminds me, like that one was much more complicated and harder to follow. Talk about think, math. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I think it was deliberately harder to follow. Like that was part of the fun of that movie, and I don't think I did follow it. I got lost, to be honest. I but, hate that movie. Um, you didn't like it. I do not like it. Okay. I do not. Yeah, it, the, but it kind of reminded me of this, where it's like. It's the same way in horror, like a uh, uh, like a new filmmaker or like I think I don't know if that was the guy's debut or whatever, but like it was you show that you can do like something really cool, like like an Evil Dead. It's like you show like I can direct a movie or, you know, with with uh, mm-hmm. Moon or Primer and you kind of blow them away with like a little indie and then you move into and I mean, the industry's changed a lot between the 80s and the 2000s, but like uh yeah, it kind of had that feel to, to me where it's like showing through like a little low budget, like almost this is almost like a low budget uh, yes. portfolio kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, I agree. No, this I think yeah. um, watching this, I, I had the distinct feel that this feels like a student film, like a really good student film that mm-hmm. was that was uh, like used as a proof of concept. Like they used that as a proof of concept and then they had to stretch it out and do a 90 minute movie. Yeah. Like uh, Dark Star, have you ever seen that one? Uh, John Carpenter. N- no, but I, okay. I know I know what you're talking about. Weird. But yeah, yeah totally, David totally. Like evil, album. like the first Evil Dead movie Wait, is totally Black like Star, that. And then he gets to make the Evil Dead two, which is essentially a remake of the Evil Dead. Right. Um. Well, and eventually he makes Spider Man more money, and then eventually he made Spider Man, and, and the Dark rest Man. is history. And then eventually Duncan Jones made Warcraft. Yeah, which I still haven't seen. But I, would I think like I to. might, I might do a triple. That's when you talk about primer, it makes me think of Happy Accidents. I've um, never seen that. Few, very few have. Um, okay. Wait, what was what but, was it? Um, Happy Accidents. Um, oh. It's Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio and Marissa Tomei. Um, yeah, and I might do like a time travel romance <laughs> triple, and so, we might. What are the other ones? T- well, um, safety not guaranteed. I, yeah, safety not guaranteed. I have the Kay time Leopold. traveler's wife. No, I won't do that. <laughs> Kate. Oh, but we could do the the the, the lake. Ho- oh God, there's a lot of these. Kate About Leopold, time. happy accidents. Tuck everlasting, which isn't time travel, but sort of similar. About time, safety not guaranteed. The lake. Ho- the thing is, I would like to watch good movies. I thought safety not guaranteed was pretty good. Yes. Um, yeah. And I actually do think Kate and Leopold is good. Oh, I haven't seen that. In a way. Oh, what's that one with Christina Applegate? Is that a time travel romance? What? I don't know. Um, there's like the French guy that was in The Professional. John, John Reno. Jean Reno. Jean Reno. I guess I can look it up. Reno, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's in it. Christina. Let's see. Applegate. Just Visiting? Yeah, that's it. Oh, this looks like a Mike movie if I ever saw it. What is that? Just visiting 2001. Look at this. I've never heard of this. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. This poster is incredible. So it's a picture of uh, Christina Applegate in a very late 90s 
uh, early 2000s uh, outfit. And she's standing Quite over... Yeah, she's standing over a manhole, a manhole cover holding what I assume is Excalibur. And out of the man, out of the manhole cover are two like medieval looking dudes. One of them played by Jean Renault climbing out of the manhole. Wow. We should watch. They're this. nice. So oh I'll read God. the plot. The plot uh, briefly is Roger French... Ebert gave it thumbs up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> A French count is in England to marry the princess. She's killed. A wizard helps him to time travel back to before the murder, except they end up in Chicago, April 2000. <gasps> it's in a Chicago, so the lake him. house. <laughs> there you go. What's the lake house? Oh, is the lake house in Chicago? The Keanu Yeah, one? Yeah, okay. Chicago time travel romances. <laughs> yeah, let's do just visiting. I love Christina Applegate. I'll watch anything with Christina Applegate in it. I don't think it's going to be good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ebert said it was yeah. good. You calling Something, a dead man a that's liar? That's true. Ebert Ebert said it was good. Yeah, Kate Ebert and Leopold. It. Where's Kate and Leopold set? Probably New York. Tara Reid is in it. Yeah, and New just York. visiting. Oh, uh, Bridget Bridget Wilson is in it. Yeah, and just visiting. Oh man, a lot of babes I, in this movie. You sold me on Tara Reid. Mm-hmm. Then Anyways. we could do we could do um, like your girlfriend turns into a bird supernatural like turning into animals supernatural romance and do like Lady Hawk and what else is there? Beautiful creatures maybe. I don't. Yeah, I can't think of any movies I have seen with that pitch. You haven't seen Lady Hawk? Nope, never seen Lady Hawk. Mm. I'm I'm kind of amused to find out that Lady Hawk is about a lady that turns into a hawk. Yeah, I, I think, think that's I, I know. I was too. I thought it was like the name of a of a, her name or a yeah. lord's name or something. It's like, nope, she is a Lady Hawk. Um, it is. We can watch about... Puma Man. What'd you what say? Puma Man. What is? That? It was a Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater did it. Oh, it was, yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. old movie from like the 80s or 70s, probably. We could watch Puma The Man. Animal with Rob Schneider. I no, pre- I'm talking I'm like sure. romantic movies. No, I've seen the hot chick. I haven't seen the animal. like where your boyfriend's a wolf or something. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, American Werewolf in Paris. We could do yeah. That one. Ooh, that would be not London. Tw- Paris. The, we could do the Twilight that I forgot exist even existed. I have not seen the, just, you, the last two Twilight movies. Yeah, you haven't. Those yeah, are like the only I'm ones sure that's worth see. Well, the the the, the I'm trying to remember where the where it splits let's let's return to moon for a moment (laughs) why can't we talk about twilight i honestly think that do you know what happens in the last two twilights andrew i know that there's like a battle but and then i know that they have a baby and i know it's really really weird looking and i know that uh the werewolf guy like gets a boner he wants to he wants to fuck the baby which i all i applaud all these choices of course um, I would honestly say, like, they're horrible, obviously, but mm-hmm. they do have that thing that I love of, like, wow, I can't believe that that happened. Like, for how, like, and it was, I felt that way reading the books, too, honestly, was that, um, I'm not a Twilight fan, by the way, but I have read them all, and I've seen the movies, and I saw them in theaters. Elise and I would go and laugh at them, and people would be mad at us. Yeah, okay. Um, you, you're a Twilight fan. But... They. I actually remember I was living in your house. Yes, uh, when, I was when you came back them. from one of the Twilight films. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you dressed up for it. No, I did not. Yes, you did. You had like 
you had like a goth look going. Yeah, I, I remember so. it. I remember it. What are you remember. talking about? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's true. I'm you pretty did. sure you at least had like black just, eye makeup I, and lipstick. Okay. And um, I remember I remember you used to f- drive up to Washington and try to find the shooting locations, which I thought was really weird. Yeah. I did that. I actually went to that town. A lot not, of people from our high school. Twilight, I, I we drove. know a lot of people who were in those movies. Yeah. Um, well, it's but, we're in the industry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I reading reading the because like yeah the books fucking suck and they're extremely boring and banal and you're like why was this broken over into four stories and then in the, it's like so it's just really sucks and then in like the last one like Bella is drinking blood and Edward's having to bite through her <laughs> her uterus to like get the baby out um she's like vomiting blood like there's it's fucking bananas like how her like suddenly it's like such a horror novel um and I really like that (laughs) I like I it's weird it's like I would rather watch something um I would rather watch something or read something really shitty for it to have one crazy out of nowhere moment that <laughs> genuinely surprises me than spend a really long time like watching or reading something that's just good the whole way through. <laughs> that's why you like Sleepaway Camp so much. It is. Honestly, I like Sleepaway Camp more because it's so bad for most of it. And then it's like, oh, wow, one of the most indelible images in the like history of horror. <laughs> Like that makes it so much better that it's the rest of it is so shitty. Mm-hmm. I love that. I haven't seen that one in a while, but I do remember quite an ending. Um, and I think this does. I think this does tie into Moon. Okay, take us take us back to Moon. Uh, well, we were talking about Twilight, and uh, that mm-hmm. usually refers to the Moon. There's also New, new Moon. New moon. Oh, there's Eclipse. werewolves. Yeah, there's werewolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, very moonlike, Were- I would say. Yeah. Okay. So the final note I had on Moon, since we're back there now, since that's <laughs> yeah, what we're course. talking about, yeah. um, was that uh, the soundtrack sounded so much like the Social Network soundtrack hmm. uh, to me, but it was Clint, Man- Clint Mansell, who mm. was also, he was in a band in the 90s. Um, I liked he, it. I thought that I it was yeah. good. I thought it was I really thought good. it worked well. But really, I, I, I feel like I want to listen to like Social Network and then this and be like. Yeah, they're definitely similar. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I mean, they're probably, this is like a year after the social network, right? Social network in like 2008? No, no social network is 2010. Yeah. So two what years, years later. Two years later. And okay. I, I'm pretty sure that, so the band that Clint Mansell was in, mm-hmm. I meant to look this up before we did the episode, but I didn't, um, was called Pop Will Eat Itself. And I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure they had an album out on Nothing Records, which was Trent Reznor's like imprint on, with Interscope or whatever his, um, I, I, might, I might be getting this all mixed up, but I was a big Nine Inch Nails fan in the 90s and the early 2000s. And so mm-hmm. I knew I, that's how I had heard of Pop Weed itself was they had some sort of tie to Nine Inch Nails and all that. So I wondered if maybe they had worked. I don't know. I feel like that just is very demonstrative of the difference between England and America that in England, their industrial rock bands are named Pop Will Eat Itself. And in America, yeah. they're named Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> I was like, what about the name Pop Will Eat Itself makes you think of like industrial rock? It's so stupid. Yeah. 
I guess it sounds kind of grisly, maybe like pop. It's pop like mutilated or something like. OK, they're also known as the poppies, uh, Mike. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, that doesn't quite work. I also I think I bought one of their albums at a uh, like a used record store and in like middle school. And I was disappointed because this is back when you used to have to download or when you used to have to buy records and be disappointed by them instead of just downloading them. <laughs> This, yeah. com- this confirms my long suspicion that the British as a people are just not in on the joke. <laughs> I can see it. Mm-hmm. Although, now that I think about it, Duncan Jones was David Bowie's kid. We know yeah. that Reznor and Bowie knew each other. I, I wonder if Reznor had a, like a, what, what's a, a finger in the, the pot? The, pot, the pie? In the butt. In yeah. the butt. <laughs> finger in the butt. I wonder <laughs> if he had his finger butt? in the pudding on this one. That's the butt, as, Mike. As it's the, the Brits say. That's the British version. Finger in the butt. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> that's that's my final note. Do any of do either of you have uh, more thoughts on Moon? Sam Rockwell's a very good actor. Agreed. Yes, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. He's um I I he's so he's usually just a supporting actor, but he's always good when he's in a supporting role. Like you always know when Sam Rockwell's in a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but. He's he he so rarely is in a starring role, and I feel like it's usually good when he is. Yeah, well, and I I think what's interesting about him to me is like, I, I and I like I really like him. I'm not saying I don't like his person, but his personality feels more his true life personality feels more gimmicky than his acting does. Like the way that he talks when he's just being himself is almost. It's almost like he's playing a character. But mm-hmm. then in movies, he plays all different kinds of guys, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we know him for playing, like, kind of, like, slick dancing guys. But we also know him for playing, like, hillbillies. I think he does a really good job of, like, making the two clones pretty distinct Yes. characters, you know? Um, like, I know they have visual... I mean, one is, like, sh- looks great and the other one's, like, all falling apart but they really feel like different guys i wasn't sitting there thinking like like the ping pong moment in a way is like one of the only moments where you're like they're kind of showing off that they have the same guy playing two different but most of the time it's just like i feel like i'm looking at two different guys in fact when he like first shows when the when it the for the first couple of scenes where there were two clones i was like I remember that this movie is about like has Sam Rockwell playing against himself, but I was kind of wondering if these were two different actors. <laughs> like, like it didn't even fully register at first that like, oh, this is him acting with himself. But yeah. he's he's really talented. Um, I guess I'm glad he has an Oscar now. Um, what did he get an Oscar for? What did he get an Oscar for? Three billboards, which I but I just don't oh, think yeah. that that is oh, his. Yeah. He's really good in that movie. He's good, but I don't. It's a little bit of a like. We love to give Oscars for that role. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, I don't. I don't um, think. So. I don't think so. Not for that that movie. Like, if you think about that that character, like he got a well, maybe I don't know, but he feel he plays a character who is. Uh, I don't know, painted as kind of like a racist and not like a very good guy. And the movie doesn't necessarily end with him like come like being fully redeemed or anything. Um, I think that's I think it's such an interesting I don't know. It's but I it's feel a like really interesting character. 
I think I think so. I'm just saying, like Rod Steiger won an Oscar for that. All right, um, you win. The guy from Cool Hand Luke, I think, won an Oscar for like a similar, uh, similar. Like we love to give supporting actor awards to that character in a movie. Okay. That's just what I what I what I think. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Oh. Didn't George Kennedy win an Oscar for Cool Hand Luke? George Kennedy? Yeah. Did he win an Oscar? I love George Kennedy. I think he won for Cool Hand Luke. I'm not I'll sure. look him up. Computer, show me George Kennedy. <laughs> Wasn't he it's, also it's president? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wish. That would have been fun. Um... It does not. Oh, yes, he won. Yeah, Cool Hand Luke uh, won Best Supporting Actor for the role. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Cool. He played he played Hothead Luke opposite Paul Newman's Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> it says here. That's cool. They should make a sequel. Or a I'm thinking about it. You You're know, thinking we're in the it. industry, so I've been shopping that around. <laughs> to all your Twilight friends? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. We got a strike uh, by the Iron Tot. He was uh he was in McHale's Navy. Great movie. Yeah, movie, yeah. Uh, Mike, he always question. He pops up in a lot of shitty films in the eighties that are fun. What were you, you were you a McHale's Navy man or a Down Periscope man? Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to divide our audience. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I think. Oh gosh, I think I have seen both, and I think uh, I enjoyed McHale's Navy more because I like Tom Arnold. <laughs> Okay. Not as a person, but I like Tom Arnold. Like, um, I watched Carpool the other day. I watched The Stupids a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still on the Tom Arnold train. Okay. Tom Arnold, Do you remember? Is really f- is one of the best guests on um, Never Not Funny. Oh but yeah, it's crazy to listen to him because he's definitely insane. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, it's for amazing. Sure. Did he did have like a coke problem, right? I'm pretty sure. Like and when it's he was like, with Roseanne. What in the fuck could that man be like on cocaine? Like he's already <laughs> like he seems like he's on coke 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. I've actually thought about this before. Not not with cocaine, but just like he was married to Roseanne. And we know like I well, I love Roseanne. We, you know, uh we've been down that road. But like uh just imagine being like a fly on the wall in their uh hopefully not their love making nest but in their uh just in their kitchen when they're just having a chat in the morning um two very strange know. people that found I each other I think it would have been scary Yeah Yeah but Yeah Anyways I like Tom Arnold Do you remember do you remember like that time in the 90s when they were making like military comedies Like there was McHale's Navy and Down Periscope and then there was like uh Sergeant, In the Army now In the Army now Sergeant Bilko with Steve Martin. Yeah. Is See, a lot Hubbard? of these, though, are remakes of... Uh, TV shows, you know, right? Like Mikhail's Navy and Sergeant Bilko. Renaissance Man. Renaissance Man. Do you yeah, know Renaissance, Renaissance Man? Man. Dana DeVito and Mark oh, Wahlberg. Uh, Major Pain. Major Pain. Very, very famous movie. I I have seen Major Pain <laughs> possibly more than almost anybody on the planet, I bet you. <laughs> I had a friend... Who he really loved that movie, and every time I spent the night at his house, we would watch like two movies, and then we would just close out the night with Major Pain. So, That's so bizarre. <laughs> it was a weird one. He, I mean, we watched a lot of good movies together. He just really, and I didn't hate Major Pain. 
I, I yeah, thought it was but fine. But it's just like I'm just like imagining like you've just you know you've just finished. Uh, oh gosh, uh, you know Citizen Kane. And then you follow, <laughs> no, you, follow, like you, fo- you followed that up with the grapes of wrath, and you know it's <laughs> it's it's late, but it's not that late, you know. Yeah, it's, like, it's only three. It's like, you know what I mean. Like you're a little bit tired, but it's like it's a sleepover, so it's like a little weird to go to sleep right now, and you wouldn't right. normally go to the bed this early. So it's like, well, what you know, you're, you're quiet and you're you know waiting for the other person to say what they should do next, and then he sort of sheep, sheepishly asks, <laughs> "You want to watch Major Pay?" <laughs> he would. He probably wouldn't. I, I don't actually remember this, but he probably wouldn't even ask. He would just put Major Pain in the VCR. And <laughs> even better. That's how we're going out tonight. Even better. <laughs> he would just he would just pop on pop on major major pain he'd pop on major pain after brushing his teeth you know yeah like this is like <laughs> every night ready he'd get ready for like get listening ready for, to a podcast yes yeah. or like or like that's his uh that's his white noise machine yeah <laughs> can't sleep without major pain um oh man i also his just first, had a random memory what is it that i will share on the podcast this is a podcast exclusive so in fifth grade we watched Terminator 2, uh-huh. and I don't know what happened because I never had a bedwetting problem, but <laughs> we I woke up in the morning in my sleeping bag, and I had clearly peed. Like, at first, I thought it was sweat, but I had peed, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was... I, I was like really, and then we you were at my house. It was, you thought it was sweat. You well, thought, well, I never, I never wet the bed. Like you I were mean, just and, like, wow, my balls really are little. unusually sweaty today. You could feel it. It was like all around my waist and everything. Well, so yeah, I don't know what happened. I'm sure. But I remember I was like, I've got to figure out a way to hide this from my friend because if this gets around the fifth grade, mm-hmm. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I think I just like ran out, changed really quick, and then the sleeping bag, you know. You could just kind of leave it. He wasn't gonna like inspect that in the morning. Anyways, you you don't shout think, out. Shout you don't out think to John. So, you don't think somebody in John's house would wonder why the sleeping bag Mike slept in no. smelled like piss. That one was at my house, fortunately, so I could probably just like tell my oh, parents okay. like, oh, this one Thank smelled God. a little weird. We gotta wash it. I don't remember. Do you think you were scared of the movie? Oh, uh, that's a really great I don't story, know. Mike. Maybe I had like a dream about the T one thousand. That movie's me down. fucking scary. It is, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was an intense movie. That's. Oh man, that was a good I movie, though. I still. That was. I think. While while we're over, while we're oversharing, like <sighs> I, I felt I, so okay. I haven't wet the bed since I was a little 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 kid, mm-hmm. but like seventeen, eighteen. Version, yeah, <laughs> my version of a stress dream now that I guess I'm not in school anymore is mm-hmm. having to pee. And not just like a series of unfortunate events keep me from being (laughs) able to use a bathroom or I'm only able to use like the most disgusting fucking bathroom that I've ever seen. Um, Or like there's no doors on the stalls or like whatever the case may be. And like what and then like I wake up and I have to pee. So like, okay, that's what is making me dream about this is I have to pee, but I can't or I'll pee my bed. But in my most recent one. I got to pee and, and I woke up going like, holy shit, I got to pee in that dream. Does that because that used to be how it was when you were a kid is like right. you yeah, would dream sure. about peeing. Then you would wake up and be like, son of a bitch. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't pee the bed. But I was like, how? Like, that was a fucking close call. <laughs> like, <laughs> for sure. For yeah. Sure. 
I'm just picturing like little junior kid waking up all wet and be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. I only, I mean, I feel like I only remember it happening like once or twice in my life. Yeah. I Maybe don't, I don't, there's ones I don't remember, but. Yeah. Other than that in fifth grade, I honestly, I think I would have been too young to even remember other than I, maybe if I was like really sick, like I had I the was, flu or I don't know. Anyways, I was wetting, what were we talking I, about? I was wetting <laughs> the bed pretty consistently until probably like age 10 or 11. And then I would do it every once in a while just for the, for the fun of it. Um, 11, <laughs> 12, 12. It was, oh. I think it was, 12 is when it was like the last the last time I wet the bed was when I was 12. But anyway, yeah, it was horrible. Uh, it was super horrible. It was it was so old and it was still happening. And I was so confused by it that like my parents started being mean to me about it. Um, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it was bullshit. But uh, and I was like on medications for it. It was weird. Anyway, uh, all huh. that to say, I do remember that like when I got older, like when I got together with my now wife, uh, I was 19 or whatever. So I remember the first like few times when she was like, so do you want to like spend the night or whatever? Uh, and I remember just <laughs> being, like having like serious anxiety. It's like, well, I have not wet the bed <laughs> yeah. in, seven, in seven years. But also think about the dis. It's so weird how much growth. I know totally different podcast now, but uh, it's so weird hmm. how much like distance we cover as like humans growing in like that amount of time, like from, from I went from age twelve wetting the bed to age nineteen having a girl in my bed and being worried I'm gonna wet the bed on her, right? Yeah, I mean I think it's weird that it's like like I said I dream all the time about oh yeah you got a real problem having, having to pee <laughs> really bad and but it's like it would be inconceivable almost that I would actually wet the bed now whereas like. What has changed? Like, <laughs> what what was wrong with me as a child? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what what part of the brain gets formed that is like, oh, now you have a stronger, you know, unconscious mechanism to stop you from releasing your bladder while you're sleeping? Like, why wouldn't that be in there from the jump? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you sleep so much deeper when you're a kid, though, because like, I don't know. Does that have yeah, anything to do with Yeah, maybe I just, it? I'll wake up easier if I really have to pee. Like, I'll wake up before. Yeah. I'm sure. I think it's, mm. I think it has to do with muscles, too. Yeah, probably. Right? Like, uh, you know, once, uh, I think, um, like, the medication that I was telling, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, weirdly enough, <laughs> but, like, the medication that I used to take is, like, this nasal spray, and it would, like, it was described to me as, like, a, a urethra tightener. Hmm. <laughs> which is a, which is a weird which is a weird thing to say out loud. But uh, why don't you just stick a Q-tip up there? Why wouldn't I? Oh, that's a great question. Why, why didn't I think why? of that? <laughs> you could put this at the beginning of the episode. That would be good. I'm sure people <laughs> really want to hear this. Um, okay, so speaking we're, of the episode, yeah, uh, should we do our cruise um, minute? Yeah, let's do our cruise minute. Um, do you think Tom Cruise has ever wet the bed? No. Yes. Yes. I don't think he has. I feel Ever. like it's a big reason for why he is who he is now. You think so? Maybe. Yeah. He had to fight extra hard to. Could Tom Cruise do this? Be in this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. I think It'd he'd have a harder different. time with. Like, would the clones be more similar, and would that actually be more mm. fun in the case of Tom Cruise? Mm. It'd be like too many tailors. 
Yeah, like if they were exactly exactly, it would be like too many. T- except your t- your tailors had like you had like goth tailor and yeah, like party tailor, and <laughs> yeah. stuff Tiny like that. Taylor, I- uh, <laughs> Doctor Taylor. There was we're talking a bunch about of- Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, that was Mike's okay. movie movie pitch. Um, too many Taylors. It was so there was I can't remember why, but there was a bunch of different Taylor Swifts. And they each had a distinct personality trait. And then one of them was an international jewel thief. And <laughs> they all had to team up to stop her from stealing, you know, like the queen's diamond. Sounds great. And she never wrote me back. <laughs> That's messed up, dude. I mean, if anyone can pull off playing, like anyone has the acting chops to play 12 different versions of herself in one film, it's Taylor Swift. She did that in that music video. She stole my idea. I know. She, it's funny. Then the, the the Look What You Made Me Do video came out mm-hmm. and I like was immediately like texting Mike like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> she listened to the podcast. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. But no, I think Tom Cruise could have done it. But I do think it would have been a much different movie. It would have been. Although I don't remember Oblivion. Does Oblivion get close to this? I feel like this... Mm-hmm. If you had clones of Tom Cruise, they would not be used for moon mining. Yeah, they don't really. Um, he is an astronaut in that movie. Um, they don't. He doesn't interact a ton with the clones. Like it takes them. All, it takes the movie a while to even figure out that there are. It's not really like about that the way the moon is. Are there clones of him? Yeah, yeah. The whole movie. So do you see a bunch of Tom Cruises? Yes. I mean, you, do you see, see you see him several younger. I didn't remember that. Like uh, are, s- are they risky business, Tom Cruise? No, no, no. They're all they all look like that the age that he is in the movie. But wouldn't it be fun if it was like a whatever that um, Will Smith movie that sucked was? Gemini was Tom- Man. Gemini Man. I watched a breakdown of why Gemini Man was so bad, and it sounded like wow, they really didn't understand their own movie. <laughs> Sorry, I'd- not to talk about yet another film, but. <laughs> It is about clones. That's related. Is it it a- really, it bums me. I, f- I really feel very, very strongly um, that Will Smith still has it. And it really bums me out. Like I watch. He can't I watch, pick a movie. I know he can't pick a movie. It's, it's heartbreaking. But like every movie that I watch him in, he is, he's got that magnetic presence that he had in Men in Black. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's just like. He, he makes all those bad movies possi- better, I think, but. Yeah, he's the worst possible casting for that film because he doesn't look any older than he did when he was a kid. Oh, he looks great. The technology, the technology looks like I think the young Will Smith in that movie, kind of like young Samuel L. Jackson Mm -hmm. um, in Captain America or Captain Marvel, like it looks really good. I but I think part of the reason it looks really good is because those guys don't look very different. You basically change their hairstyle, and it's like. Okay, yes, this is young Will Smith. He has a, you know, high top fade. Like, um, mm-hmm. but like that makes it not as interesting a movie because there's nothing. To- Will Smith, like the, we just saw him in um, Suicide Squad with his shirt off. He has not lost any of his physical prowess, clearly. So like what? Arguably, the fucking- he's gained more. Exactly. He's stronger yeah. than he was when he was up in his 20s. Yeah. So yeah. Why, why would this be your example of a guy who's like, oh, no, he's going to be overtaken by his younger self? Like, mm-hmm. no, he probably could kick his younger self's ass. It's just anyway, stupid. I don't I don't know. It's just I'm it bums me out when people have like a good premise and then they squander it. Oh, I agree. 
I agree. That that script had been floating around for like fifteen years too. It sounded cool as hell. You get Ang, Ang Lee, man. Ang Lee doing a yeah. cool, like, action-y blockbuster with Will Smith. Like, that sounds so fucking awesome. I think something's something's going on with Ang Lee, too. I know. I'd like to talk to him. Maybe we can get him I on next time. Billy He's, Lynn he, was pretty good. Yeah, see, you say that, but it had that, we, even with the weird, it felt like the um, the frame rate or whatever was, like, more important than... Oh, yeah whatever the movie was about yeah which and is I, like it's it was just very john james cameron-y of him to 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 do yeah that. i only saw it on dvd so i didn't get i didn't see uh, it. i never i never saw any of that either yeah all right but, my cruise mimit mimit yes what you got david mimit um so it seems that i've got good news and i got bad news okay. the good the good news is that they are going to, they're planning to restart filming Mission Impossible 7 in September. It's about time. The bad news is we have to wait until September for them to start uh, filming Mission Impossible 7 again. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, Did they change, what's, has the release date moved or are they just going to do it real fast now? The original release date was July 23rd, 2021, and has now been pushed back to November 19th, 2021. That's, yeah. you know what, though? A Christmas Mission Impossible? I can get behind that. That's exciting. That. That'd be cool. That's, that's never, ha- that hasn't happened to us before. They should get, they should get who knows Sh- if any of us will still be alive. True. True. They, sh- they should get uh, Shane Black to do Punch Up and like add Christmas trees in there somewhere. You know, be fun. <laughs> oh boy, would that be so fun. Yeah. Has Tom Cruise been in a Christmas movie? Yeah, Eyes Wide yeah, Shut. Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut. What's wrong with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just hoping I get to do my Eyes Wide Shut Christmas party. Me too. I've I'm already bought I've I've already bought so much stuff. <laughs> I just I want everybody to come in like fancy gowns and then Lee just comes out naked. <laughs> I am I thought Lee could wear Lee could wear like pants and suspenders with no shirt. <laughs> That'd be good. He could be Sidney Pollock's character. Yeah, mm. I do want people to wear like you have to wear like a gown or dress like a prostitute or or a mask. Can with I be no clothes? Whatever, that's fine. Can I be Tom Cruise? Yeah, but ha- yes, but I mean, what does that mean? So wear a tux. Here's what that here's what that looks like. What that looks like is I show up to the party probably you know forty five minutes late, uh, and I get there and you guys are all committed to whatever you're doing so whatever people are doing like if you're in the kitchen that's where you are and whatever action you're doing you're doing that and basically we just the party follows like nobody really follows me because you guys are all doing it's like a tracking thing, shot exactly it's a tracking shot of okay. me moving through your apartment yeah and then i and, and then uh i don't know you might have to walk you, back and forth a couple of times to make it I plan, because of my, my apartment's not that big yeah i plan to do this for 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it like um, the X-Files episode triangle. That's all like or mostly one shot where mm-hmm. they have to like just completely change the set before like an elevator door opens so that it looks like they're walking out on a different floor. Great. Like we could do that for you. Like just try to completely change the decor of my house to make it seem like you're walking into a different part of the house. We're going to have to hire some. We're going to have to hire some crew for this. Let's Yeah, I'm not going to make it like 100 people in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh what's your cruise minute? 
kit. Me? No, you already did yours. I did, okay. It was Me? so long ago that you forgot. Yeah, you. Yeah. I thought I, I thought I said, like, what if Tom Cruise was in Moon? No, like, Mike yeah. said that. Like? What did Mike say? I said Tom Cruise, has, has he been in a Christmas movie? And then I said. Oh, that's BS. Something earlier. Yeah, um, Mike did. Mike started it, but then I kind of glommed onto Mike's by saying, um, "Yeah, what if he, would he? What would he be like in Moon?" Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, we we did it. So, thank you for joining us this evening, everybody. But wait, Mike, the <laughs> listeners, the listeners want to know, what are we going to watch next week? Please join us next. Well, first of all, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, for you're the reminder. Welcome, I almost. I almost skipped right on out of um, Please join us next week for a discussion of 2017's 16. Moonlight, I think. 2018? 2016. Okay. Great year. Um, oh, 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're going to be, we're going to watch Moonlight, which I've never seen. And um, we're going to talk about it. So uh, join us back here. We will reveal even more scintillating secrets from our past mm-hmm. and talk about all sorts of other movies other than Moonlight. And, mm-hmm. um, you might learn something. So yeah. Good night. And good luck.